Rethink Aging, discussions about life, planning, and growing older. Hello, I'm your host, Elaine, and with me is my co-host, Robert. Well, hello there. Hello. So today I thought we could talk about hobbies and how they relate to aging. Yeah, I love those things. So why do we do hobbies? I think they give life meaning. No doubt. And a lot of times hobbies are something that is different from your like day-to-day vocation, like something that's a completely optional elective activity. True. Sometimes they coincide. Yeah, that's true. I guess some of my hobbies are things that used to be my job that I just keep doing. I do spreadsheets, databases, reports for fun. Yeah. (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. I also have a lot of other hobbies, though, that don't relate to work. I think you do, too. All right. So what, what kind of hobbies do you have? I like to paint. I've taken a lot of painting classes. I like to garden. I am a musician. Right on. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of a serial hobby doer myself. Uh, I probably have nine or ten hobbies at a time, and they've definitely changed over the years. Do you ever drop a hobby, or does it still remain with you throughout your life? Well, I think there's some hobbies where you can come to an end point, you know, where you've, you've done the thing as fully as you can do it. But even in those cases, I find that sometimes I just end up coming back to them because, you know, maybe something changes, like my perspective on the hobby or how I approach it changes. Or maybe the technology improves and then there's like a reason to go back in there and, and do it again. Do you ever teach people your hobbies once you've mastered them or oh, for sure, gotten far enough along? And I mean, that's really one of the big features of a hobby is that it can bring you into a community, you know, and that community can be in person or online and it can be big or small. So you might find like an online community where you can get tips or share ideas But then you can also have that one-on-one, you know, where you're maybe teaching someone who's a friend or a member of your family, like a young person that you can pass that hobby on to. Like, I think you have a a family connection with your painting, right? Right. Um, My mom used to do um, oriental brush painting, and I actually wanted to learn from her and was unable because she got sick. And after she died, her... Her paintbrushes came to me, and I started taking classes. Right on. So from an aging perspective, you know, why why do hobbies, right? I think that it keeps your mind going and thinking. You know, as we age, we cognitively get slower, and learning new things, doing things with your hands, with your mind. Yeah, for sure, because... You know, even if it's a, like a purely cerebral hobby, you know, like we, we have those hobbies where you're like you are researching or reading, you know, it's like a non-physical thing. It, it really helps to keep your brain in shape by giving you a direction to think in. Even sometimes just watching like a show on Netflix can spur thinking and researching. Like I just finished watching The Last Kingdom and started about researching what was 
reality versus the show. Oh, and I'm yeah. learning a lot about that history now. Yeah, that can be a really interesting inroads to learning about history or languages or other topics. I think physical hobbies can be really important as you age too. And, you know, that that runs the gamut from like some kind of hobby that works with your small motor skills, like building something with your hands, like like with your painting or building models or anything like that, all the way up to like a physical hobby where you are exercising, doing yoga, maybe you're running or hiking or swimming. And that kind of thing can really keep you sharp, you know, because the I guess one of the things that you and I have learned is that you want to maintain your body sufficiently so that you can continue to use it as you age. True. And it is hard to think about, like exercise sounds like work, right? When you say that word, exercise, go get some exercise. I have to go work. I have to do that. But if you can make it more into a hobby, now you get to do that, right? Right. I mean, a good example that I've been thinking about a lot lately is the photography that I've done in drain exploring, like exploring tunnels under uh, our city here. And that is something that I kind of stopped doing because of the pandemic. And lately it's just been kind of weighing on me as something I want to get back into because it provided me with the opportunity to hike, like do multi, you know, mile hikes, you know, underground. And it's, it's such a great way to stay fit and fit it in with the photography hobby. Right. Right. Kind of a combined. Yeah. And to our, to our earlier uh, mention of like technology changing, there's been a pretty dramatic set of changes that have helped out like photo editing and opened up like new things that you can do with digital photos to, you know, kind of process them and make them more interesting. And that's, that's something I really want to try. So kind of changing or going with the flow of your hobby. Um, one thing that I think about is I used, I've played the oboe since fifth or sixth grade and at some point, it kind of fell away, but I still loved music, and I always wanted to play guitar, and you bought me a guitar, and now I'm learning that. I'm learning it from you, and I just needed to do something with music again. Yeah, because really, as much as, you know, having known you for so long, you had defined yourself as an oboe player, but the longer I've known you, it's that you're a musician and you have that need for musical expression and like in the same way like I play a a bunch of different instruments and you know perhaps I don't play any one of them at like some super expert level as far as I can tell but but it's that changing around between the instruments that has helped me express different things you know which kind of brings up that that idea I've, I've read or heard somewhere that you need to do something for 10,000 hours to achieve mastery in it. Have you ever achieved mastery of something? Uh, I guess that's kind of subjective. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> there are things where I feel completely satisfied with how I do the thing. You know, like 
with guitar playing, I'm never really feeling like, oh, gee whiz, you know, if only I could do that. Like, I'm, I'm just doing what I'm doing, and I'm personally happy with it. How, how about you? <laughs> that's, a, that's a good way to look at it. No, I don't think I've ever mastered anything. Not to the level of mastery. I've gotten good at things, but not mastery. Yeah. Yeah, I guess one of the uh, one of the things I've had to personally realize is whatever your hobby is, it's not a contest. You know, like you, you have to do it for yourself. A hundred percent, yes. And, and I think about that, as we mentioned, my mom was a painter. And I went into painting wanting something kind of low-key, less pressure than I put on myself as an oboe player. And suddenly I I had, like, my mom to compare my... I had her art to compare mine to, and I just made the decision to not compete with my mom. Like, I am not trying to be her or do her art. I'm doing what comes out of me. Yeah, that and makes a lot of sense. And it's kind of along the same lines, but it's not her art. Yeah, and I think that is one of the struggles that we all face in our society, which is, you know, the the breadth of humanity has really increased. Like during our life, there's there are now like twice as many people on earth as when I was born. And the culture that has changed is one where people want to compare with each other because we have the internet now and everyone can reach everyone and see everyone's everything and share your stuff with a bunch of unknown strangers. And in connection with that, we've seen a growth in the idea of monetizing hobbies, you know, where like, I I swear every hobby I get into, there's at least one person I show it to who's like, oh, you should turn this into a, a business and sell your thing or do your thing or make an Etsy store. And I think I've definitely tried that and I've found that it, it kind of took away from the fun of doing the hobby. Another thing is posting on social media, right? Like posting my art on Instagram. Right, chasing like, those likes. I, right? And I I look back at my inst- my personal Instagram and like I haven't I haven't put up a painting in in a couple of years now. Cuz I'm painting for myself. Right. And I may put up a painting someday, but I'm not doing it for the likes. Yeah, you just have to pursue the hobby for the reasons that you, you know, sometimes it's like the reasons that you got into it in the first place. And and that's a place where I've personally struggled with getting involved with groups that surround a hobby because often in a group, like once you get above a certain number of people, there is every kind of personality in there. And somehow I always run across the person who wants to be the expert in it and tell everyone how they're the expert and that they start doing that, like that gatekeeping thing, you know, like, well, you're not really in this hobby unless you do X, Y, and Z. (laughs) And, and I, that's the point where I'm kind of out, you know, like I'd just rather do this for myself. No, I have not run into that in any of my painting circles. I've run into a lot of, um, very supportive friends 
and I've made a lot of good friends of various ages. It's kind of interesting to have people who are much younger than I interested in this and people who are older than I am. And everybody's been very supportive. Um, one thing I, I do like is I have exhibited a painting here and there. And I, I do find some accomplishment feeling in that, but it's I'm not looking for the likes, and I never see who sees or likes or doesn't like my painting. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. And and I guess like in terms of the community, everybody's been very supportive of painting and having something in a show. Another topic we could probably talk about here is, you know, for somebody who doesn't have a lot of hobbies, how, how do you get into something? Like, how do you choose what to do? That's a tough one. Wow, I'd never thought about that. Um, hobbies have just kind of come to me, I think. Well, I guess a point that I would make about it is in 2022, as we're recording this, hobbies seem so much more accessible than they used to be. You know, like when I was a kid and I wanted to get into a hobby, I kind of either had to know somebody who did it or I had to go to the library or something and read about it. And nowadays it's so easy to find like a frequently asked questions about a hobby or an existing group or a great starter kit that like exists for that hobby. And I'm kind of thinking of the things that we've dabbled in, um, like resin casting. We had both wanted to try resin casting for years and we just ran across a kit that delivered to us every single thing you needed to successfully do the hobby a couple of times. And, and that was really beneficial because we had every, you know, different chemicals and tools and the, the right things to achieve enough success to tell if it was going to be a thing for us. That's true. And it makes me think about a, a, a YouTuber that we watch called Nerdy Crafter. And oh, yeah. I just bought her her new craft kit. And I had been putting off or thinking about, should I buy this or not? Because what I was attracted to were the tools. And I don't necessarily think I want to make a sculpture. She has a, a there's a mold where you can make a sculpture. Oh, for like casting figures. Right. And in her kit is an airbrush and all of the things you need to, to do airbrushing. And for some reason, I just want that. And I want to try it. I want to see where that might take me. Yeah. And so, you know, now is probably, it's, I guess it's one of these things like, when is the best time to start a hobby? It's now. Now. <laughs> you know, start doing the thing so you can begin to have the experiences. Yeah, and when you think about aging, like we're all aging and are you going to put off your hobby until you're not able to do it? Yeah, and that is a really good point about aging. A lot of things in my life have begun to look at, you know, should I be do should I wait to do this until I have a certain means or time or whatever, but it's kind of balanced off by the idea of like how how am I going to be doing in five years or 10 years or 20 years? Am I going to physically be able to do that thing? Or how long do I have before I die to put into a hobby like this? The turn to darkness. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, guitar. I had wanted to learn guitar forever. 
and it just seemed so incredibly hard. And you found me this guitar that has a small neck that my fingers can work, yeah. that I can reach all of the strings. And like, I'm doing it because like 10 years from now, if I wait, I might not be able to. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I have a story for you here. When my dad was dying, he had me go to the bank and buy each of my siblings and I a $200 gift card. He wanted to leave us like a final gift that we could go pick out for ourselves. All right. And I waited and I waited and I had this card and it was years after he died when I wanted to go use it. I had finally figured out what I wanted to spend it on. And by that time, it was too late. It had expired and I waited. I waited. And... I keep that card as kind of a reminder to myself to just start or to do or to start moving forward with something. Don't let it wait forever. And the older I get, the more that story has meaning for me. Wow. Well, I'm not sure I knew that. That's, yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah, I have it in the drawer in the other room. So, so it was a gift, right? It just isn't a physical gift. It was the gift of like remembering to to keep going, to do it and start. You know, one thing I want to mention is having done a lot of hobbies, I try to stay really aware of what the beginning of a hobby was like for me and to just try to like mentally capture that as I'm going in like the first couple times I do something. Because once you learn something, you can look back at your progress and see like, oh, look at me back there. That was so cute. You know? <laughs> Nostalgia. Yeah. yeah, just doing that the first time that I, I tried a thing out. So I guess I would just encourage people to, you know, stay cognizant of, you know, when you first do a hobby, you might not be like amazing at it or whatever, but just appreciate where you're at, you know, and Take a picture, make a recording, do whatever it is in the hobby that helps you remember what it was like to start. Because I think in some ways that can help you identify that point again when you're starting another hobby. And when we talk about connections, it's not just other groups, but that starting a hobby. You could start a hobby with a grandson or a granddaughter or a daughter or somebody you know, of a different generation yeah. and learn together or learn from them because they know about it already. That's true. And, you know, you bring up a good point that took me a while to get to was that as the older person, you're not always the teacher. Right. Like with one of our sons, there are things I've learned from him that I never would have known and, and that's happened both in hobbies that he and I are both involved in and hobbies that he has just started by himself and then brought to me and showed me. And, and it was kind of a, a leaf that I had to turn over as an adult, a parent, you know, to, to be open to learning from your kids, you know, and just, and have them, you know, like I did a project for him and he would, I could tell he was kind of hemming and hawing and criticizing me about it. And I said, J you know, just say your thing. Like, there's, there's no way I can be as good at this as you are. 
show me what you're doing because I want to learn from you. Right. And it's humbling in a way, but I mean, you, you've got to leave yourself open to learning from any source, you know, because we're all just trying to, we're all out here just trying to, to be people and learn things. And it's, it's a message of hope too, isn't it? Um, the younger kids are taking over the world, you know, they're learning things and doing things that we aren't anymore. Yeah. All right. So to tie up this topic of hobbies, uh, do you, do you have any advice you want to leave? Besides just going ahead and starting, I think keeping your mind open to new possibilities. For instance, my just being interested in those tools might bring me into a whole new hobby. And I almost stopped myself. Um, so be open, keep your eyes open. Like think about like what hobbies could be and what they might not be. Reading is a hobby. It, it doesn't have to be a craft. So keep your mind open, keep looking at pictures, talk to people. Do the thing. Do the thing. <laughs> right on. So we're interested in what hobbies you have. You can send us an email at RethinkAgingOfficial at gmail.com or find us on Instagram at RethinkAging. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time.